Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Tables, Ladders, and Podcast. On today's episode, we are talking a phenomenal, an amazing Wednesday Night War edition. It was night one of Great American Bash and Fighter Fest. Phenomenal night. We're going to break it all down. We're going to recap it. So lace up the boots and hit the music. For life. And if you're not down with that, then we've just got two words for you. All right, it is Tables, Ladders, and Podcast. It is another Wednesday Night War edition, Fighter Fest, Great American Bash. We are back. I am Mike. I am joined by one half of the greatest podcasters in the world. I don't even, I never. I can never get that one. I'm, I'm, one day I'm going to get it right. I'm going to nail it. But you know who he is. He is Walk. He deserves a podcasting championship. He is a tag team champion. He is the man, he is my co-host, and Walk, you're on. Hit it. Mike, that might have been the bloodiest battle of the Wednesday Night Wars we've seen in quite some time. Maybe ever. I was flipping back and forth. I needed four sets of eyes to watch both of them. I was going cross-eyed with just two, trying to keep an eye on both. One minute I'm looking over here. Timothy Thatcher's got a Fujiwara armbar on Oni Lorcan. I look over here, and Penelope Ford's doing a damn Canadian destroyer on Hikaru Shida, and I can't keep up. You know what? We just got to get into it because I can't even stand it anymore. Let's go. Before we get into it, I want to say this. You just mentioned the Canadian Destroyer. Happy Canada Day. It is for all the great folks across the border. It is Canada Day. Happy Canada Day. And my God, what a day. What a Wednesday night. You were right. It was phenomenal. Um, I don't even know where to start with this. I don't know if you want to start with NXT, if you want to start with AEW. What are you feeling? I want you to be the host today. You wrote... A hell of a set of notes, and I want you to host today. Well, Mike, let's just start from the top and work our way down, since, you know, we're, we're simple men here. We like to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to start with NXT. We're going to start with a match that I thought was going to main event. However, I'm glad it didn't. The women's number one contenders match. A uh, couple notes here. Uh, just to start off, Mia Yim's music might be better than her wrestling. I'm just going to say that. And we all know my thoughts on Mia Yim. Don't think she's bad. I just don't think she's on the level of everyone else that was in this match. Well, However, I'm going to cut you off right there. I'm going to cut you off right there. Because Mia Yim looks like a star tonight, I think. Besides the suicide dives. Wasn't a big fan of the suicide dives. But other than that, the wrestling, the music, her destroying Candice LeRae in the back set. And next week we're going to get the street fight. I'm pumped for that. We'll talk about that maybe later. I don't know when we're going to talk about that. But I thought Mia Yim 
Mia Yin looked like a star. I thought every woman in this match looked like a star, and I thought it was kind of a good format and how they did it because everyone had their time to shine, and no one really, I don't think anyone lost anything. I thought everybody just had a very prime time spot, start the show, start the whole Wednesday Night War, and they all shined. I thought they all looked like stars. So I'm going to disagree with you on a couple of notes here. So I think the match got hurt by a couple of very key factors. Number one, I think the match got hurt because it was an elimination match rather than a fatal four-way. If it had been a straight-up fatal four-way, then I think that they would have had a lot more time for everyone to shine, a few more spots that people got involved into. And when you have people that are um, seasoned veterans that are you know, professionals at holding matches together like Candice LeRae, I think you come out with a much better match. Having Herbie eliminated first, in my mind, dramatically hurt the quality of this match. I think that she was, I still have, don't think that she was. I think she is the strongest wrestler out of all of those. And I think she had a very big part to play in keeping, uh, you know, spots moving and keeping things fresh throughout that match and having her leave and exit pretty early into the match, to be honest with you. It wasn't like she wrestled for, you know, 10 minutes and then was eliminated. She was eliminated with the first minute, minute and a half of the match. No, it, it was like six, seven minutes of the match. Six or seven, no, it she had at least, she had, we'll give her five. She had quite a few spots, and I thought she was shining to start she the match. Had, she had, that's what I'm saying. She had spots where she was shining, and then she got, you know, pinned to leave, and I was like, are you serious? That's the worst possible thing so, I can see right now is having basically the star of this match. The reason I'm watching it, because I want to see Candice LeRae get a title shot against Io Shirai again. I want to see them wrestle each other with their new attitudes. I... I didn't. That's, yeah. That's bad. That's bad in my eyes. That's bad. Well, I never. The thing is, I didn't expect Candice LeRae to win this match because I think that whole new personality, new gimmick stuff, it's still kind of fresh. It's still kind of new, and I think they're gonna they're gonna play it. They're gonna give her a few more rivalries, let her work her way up, and I still think it's Tegan Knox's and Dakota Kai's time at this point. But I want to talk about the um, elimination match as in itself compared to a traditional Fatal Four Way. At first, I was kind of feeling that it should have been a regular Fatal 4-Way after the match concluded, just because the finish would have been a little bit cleaner. It would have been, like, out of nowhere. No one would have looked... Look, they had No one would have had to take an, um, a pinfall except for one person. But I kind of liked how they did the elimination match, just because it felt like they gave three minutes to each um, wrestler, and they just let them go at it and let them shine. And then, when especially with the short time slot they had, it kind of I thought it just worked. And I thought everyone really shined with it. And I was really, really impressed with everybody, honestly. And it made me really want to go back. I love the ending with the um, one-on-one with Tegan and Dakota Kai. It made me just want to go back to old takeovers and watch their rivalry. There, so I feel like part of the other reason I wasn't really happy with the, uh, the result of this match is that Io Shirai feels like too big of a fish for Tegan Knox. It feels like Tegan Knox is not a legitimate threat to Io Shirai. Dakota Kai, I feel like could be, I feel like she's a very legitimate threat to Tegan, or to, uh, to Io Shirai because she's got Raquel Gonzalez and because I think she's just been built up as more of a threat recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was kind of another that was another main issue that I had with the outcome. It does feel like Tegan Knox is kind of just like a filler opponent, and we're waiting for Dakota Kai to kind of take over. It did feel like this was Dakota Kai's match to win. I thought for sure she was going to win this match, and I thought we were getting that rivalry going forward. It does feel like Tegan Knox is just getting a 
filler match. And it's kind of weird. We got the face versus face coming up. It's going to be strange. I don't know when they're exactly planning on it, but, I mean, they can throw it out whenever. It seems like we don't know NXT's takeover schedule anymore, but they have plenty of time to build it. We'll see what they do with Tegan. Um, are they going to bring back Shotzi with her? I don't know. I don't really know what their plan is. I don't know how they're going to build this feud at all. I know it'll be a good match, but you're right. I don't think she stands up to Io Shirai right now in competition level, and it feels... It felt like it was Dakota Kai's moment. I, I'm with you. It felt like it was Dakota Kai's moment to lose. I, I obviously am a gambling man, but you know, I didn't. If I had put money on this, I would have put all of my money on Dakota Kai to come out on top. Still, kind of shocked she didn't. And yeah, I'm really just interested and kind of like confused as to the direction they're like trying to go with everybody right now. They clearly want to continue Mia Yim and Candice LeRae's rivalry in a street fight next week, which. A-OK, fine by me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the one to complain about I do that like their little rivalry. I like their side rivalry. That's really been entertaining. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Dakota Kai, though. I don't know who she's going to feud with. It was kind of strange we didn't even see Raquel Gonzalez tonight. Yeah, they, like, barred her from ringside, apparently, and just barred, like, all competitors from being ringside, which, you know, I felt like was, you know, a nice little comment they made in the beginning, but that almost lends itself to, like, okay, well, there's going to be interference in the match, and there was none, so that was kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe Teague, maybe Dakota gets like Shotzi, Blackheart, and um, maybe they, I don't. I don't think she's gonna keep beating up Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, she might. Who knows? We can't keep doing that the whole time. She should go beat up on Cameron Grimes. I'm kind of get sick of Cameron Grimes. She should go beat up Cameron Grimes. I'm very sick of Cameron Grimes. Can we please just have Raquel Gonzalez beat up Cameron Grimes for like oh, like 20 minutes next week? I love Cameron Grimes as a heel, but yeah. He, I really want to see her go whoop his ass. I don't know. He's like, the worst, he's like the worst heel of all time because I don't actually like, I don't hate him because he's like, you know, a, a good heel. I hate him because he's just annoying. I think that's why he's doing his job. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It means he's doing his job. I acknowledge that and recognize that, but I don't know. I'm still just like, gosh, damn it. Like, I hate when he shows up on my TV. I'm like, fuck, man, just get this guy out of here. Do they say if they're going to do that match next week, Cameron Grimes and, um, uh, I actually don't remember if they said it was next week or two weeks. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be two weeks. I don't think I saw it advertised on their Twitter page. I didn't see it advertised on, for, on like the end for the for next week. I didn't see it advertised. Okay. Well, yeah. That's all i got to say about the women's right. um, number well, one contender. We'll move on then to the next match, which I thought was a great throwback kind of heritage match. You had Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan. Um, very, two very you know traditionally styled guys. Two, you know, bruisers by every sense of the word, and um, two guys who I think paid was you know it was a good homage to the American Great American Bashes of old. They dressed in very old school gear. They both had very old school ring styles. It was just a really really cool. That was just a cool match from start to finish. You know, just kind of uh, going through it. Go, they were, you know, not going through the motions by any stretch of the word, but you know, putting on just a good old classic hard hitting. Very technically, technically sound, technically special. I'll even say match on the mat. It did. It kind of had that. I mean, it definitely had the whole old school um, thing. I mean, that's what they wanted to show. They show with the uh, wrestling attire, the red versus blue, the simple yeah. trunks and boots, um, just the old wrestling approach. It reminded me of Harley Race versus um, Harley Race and um, uh, Terry Funk, and they were all showing that because it was Bert, um, Terry Funk's birthday the other day, and it was really cool. I really appreciated that. It was fun. Yeah. But yeah, the match itself is awesome. I I don't really 
I want to keep see Timothy Thatcher just whoop everyone's ass. I think he should go after Cameron Grimes next. Or um, I don't know who else I would want to see him go up against. But, I mean, he could put on a match with anybody. He could definitely get a great match out of Fandango. Um, I mean, I don't know. He, there's plenty of options for him. I'm excited to see. He could definitely be. He's going to be an amazing North American champion here soon. I think he'll be inserted in that picture whenever they figure out um, the United title holder. And we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think Thatcher's on the up and up pretty quickly here. I think he's a good candidate to kind of to hold that mid card title mm-hmm. and basically just look like a badass doing it. Kind of almost in like a Keith Lee vein, um, where he just kind of looks unstoppable. To be honest with you, but you know, from a different perspective of oh man, this guy's just like that much better than you. Like instead of just that much bigger and that much stronger than you. He'll be a good guy, definitely, to bring up some of the n- newer guys, the newer class with him to work with those guys for sure. Yeah, no, he's definitely got a lot to uh, offer, I think, in terms of, um, I would say, like, you know, teaching people and you continuing on with that kind of catch-style wrestling. I have a question for you. Did you see Oni Lorcan's um, tweet yesterday or this morning? Of course, I saw it. So Oni Lorcan, he tweeted out for people who didn't see. His dad, it was so funny. He was posing in the Oni Lorcan shirt, putting the one finger up, and then he just tweets out, Last night my dad was drunk as hell, bought 17 of my shirts. On WWEshop.com. And I loved it. His dad just looked so proud and pumped. So that was really cool. Yeah, he's a... Oni Lorcan's a great dude. He's a good... Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good follow on Twitter if you haven't done it I'm yet. Kinda, I highly recommend Oni Lorcan. I'm surprised we didn't get a tag team title match um, for the NXT Great American Bash stuff. Uh, I kind of am too. Maybe it's... They didn't even announce it for next week, did they? Mm-mm. I don't know what they're doing. Imperium didn't show up at all. I don't know what they're doing with Imperium right now. It's kind of a... Yeah, I don't really know either. They might just be keeping them off TV for currently. It's probably hard for them to travel and stuff, so I don't know. I'm also kind of confu- uh, not confused because he lost the, uh, the, uh, the triple threat for the North American title, but Finn Balor, uh, nowhere to be seen on this, and as one of the bigger stars, I kind of would expect would have expected him to be here. You'd expect he just doesn't have a feud. He's just like kind of in the yeah, weird no, I, I, I space. Said, I, I understand why because he just lost a match for the North American title, but still. Yeah, they should have just done that triple threat this week. I don't know. That doesn't make sense that they didn't do it I, this I, week. I, I kinda, I'm kind of with you. Why, why didn't they just? Why didn't? Why did they have to pace that out and just put an extra week in there? They could have definitely made that next week, unless they just wanted that. To throw that awesome promo they had. They did have an awesome promo with Keith Lee versus yeah, Adam it Cole. Was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. But, I mean, that's not really much. You can put that on Twitter. You can put that next week in the show to pump you up. Yeah, really. I don't right. know. Whatever. Anything else for Thatcher and Lorcan? No, I mean, it was old school wrestling. Go. I want to go back and watch that one when I have more time to fo- strictly focus on it and I'm not looking back and forth at Penelope Ford and Hikira yeah, Shida. We'll talk about that match again later, but that was one of the main problems I had with the night was, to, in my opinion, best matches of the night were on simultaneously mm-hmm. and I was having to go back and forth between them quickly and I couldn't concentrate on either one so I feel like I need to go back and rewatch both of them to be honest with you to get the full effect I do I want to go back and watch all of them I really wish we just got the Saturday night like one was on a Friday night one was on a Saturday night I really wish we had I that I understand that like competing and stuff but like come on man do it for the fans who just want to watch both like <laughs> I know it was great television though I can't I'm not oh, yeah, fantastic Alright, moving on to Rhea Ripley versus the entire Robert Stone brand. There's no way she can win, right? The entire brand against one woman? There's no way. Well, she submitted them both, so I mean, I guess starting a clean slate, have to go back to the drawing board for the brand, Mike. 
Yeah. So I got a few things. Aaliyah, phenomenal tonight. I don't know. I haven't seen that Aaliyah before. She looked phenomenal in the ring. She looked great. I loved it. And I also learned today that Robert Stone had a little run in Impact. I didn't know he was the X Division champ. I didn't realize this was his first ever match inside the ring in NXT. So I was pretty impressed. He did a little bit of stuff where you could tell he could go. So that was cool to see. I thought I thought this match was really fun. I really, really enjoyed this match. I thought what Rhea Ripley does, just being a powerhouse, and then the comedy factor of Robert Stone added to it, and then Aaliyah's just looking great, as I said earlier. I mean, it was a fun match. I really enjoyed this match. It was probably one of my favorite matches of the night. He looked like Mark Merrill, honestly. He looked just yeah. like Mark Merrill. But, and I also like the way that they, they made him look so weak in the ring the whole time. They honestly made him look like he was just, like, totally inept. But, like, the way he sold some of Rhea Ripley's moves, you could tell, like, okay, like, yeah, you can clearly go. But, like, it was just really funny to me. Yeah, very high comedy factor on this one. Uh, but also, again, like, some good spots. Aaliyah, you know, flying around the ring a couple times looked very, very good. Especially in the beginning when she was hitting some offense. On she hit that hurricane, that hurricane Rana thing, or the head scissors stuff. She was just like flying around Rhea Ripley. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. that was really cool. I'd never seen that before. And this is, again, it's a side I'd never seen before. The Robert Stone brand does good things for people. It seems like they got something going on. I don't know. They kind of teased some dysfunction in the match. But they got the new Titantron video package. It had like the Robert Stone brand in the corners with Aaliyah's name flash. And so I think they're it's there to stay. We'll see what they do. Yeah, it might be there to say, or it might just be, you know, they spent 10 minutes doing it before. I hope match. we get an Aaliyah versus um, Chelsea Green feud here, actually. I'd rather see that. I really would prefer to see that going forward. What, Rhea Ripley versus Chelsea Green? No, 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 Aaliyah versus Chelsea Green, and, like, Robert Stone's like, you shouldn't have left. Look what we got now. That'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, it'd That'd put them good. both over. I don't know what Rhea Ripley's going to do. I uh, think. Also, I mean, should we talk? I'm going to go ahead and bring it up right now. Uh, Aaliyah, as a member of the Robert Stone brand, Oh, we did talk about that. We did talk about that. That would be cool, but I don't think they're going to add any members anytime soon. I don't think they are either, but I really want them to, like, badly. I really think they need a female to, like, elevate them to the next level. They need to stop losing. They've been, we'll talk, actually, you know. Go ahead, go right into it. I do want to circle back, though. I want to talk about Rhea Ripley and what's next for Rhea Ripley. So let's circle back to Rhea Ripley after this. After the strap match, we'll recircle back. And Undisputed Era going up. You were pissed off. I want you to talk about Undisputed Era. You talk about Undisputed Era. Dude, they look so bad. They look so badly. They they haven't won a match in God knows how long. They're literally the people that have made NXT into what it is now. They took it from, you know, like the, I would say almost like indie felt promotion to, holy shit, like he's, like everyone can, no one has ever had a bad match against the Undisputed Era. And so, so, I mean, you look at some of the other people, they've had five-star matches with people. I mean, it, I just don't understand how and why they're making them look so weak, specifically Roger Strong, who carried the brand, basically, post-Takeover uh, New Orleans after uh, Kyle O'Reilly, or I'm sorry, Bobby Fish got hurt and had to carry the tag team titles with Kyle O'Reilly, a person he had very little chemistry with to begin with, 
and then miraculously, literally over the span of like a month, just developed insane chemistry with him and put on literally some of the best tag team matches I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Uh, I just don't understand why they're doing this at the Undisputed Era. Uh, yes, Adam Cole is still the NXT champion. Yes, he is still probably, in my opinion, the best NXT champion of all time. But what's up with the rest of the era, man? Like, come on. They aren't are putting video packages where, like, Roger Strong's in therapy because he's afraid to get put in a trunk? What kind of horse shit is this? Like, I think they've been built strong the whole last year, up until about whenever they lost the tag titles. What was that, a few months ago? The rest of the Undisputed Era has been booked kind of weekly. I'll give you that. They haven't won any matches. But it's to put over Dexter Loomis. And I think that's they're doing a great job of that because I think they're making Dexter Loomis look like a star that he is. And I really enjoyed this strap match. It was brutal. I thought Rod- Roderick Strong put on a hell of a match again. It's, I didn't realize how tough strap matches are because maybe I just don't see many strap matches. But the way they're confined and how much moves you can actually do with a strap match, it's tough. And Roderick Strong was phenomenal in it, and he helped carry that pace, and he made Dexter Loomis just look like a powerhouse, scary monster, and I think they're putting over Loomis great. I think what Roderick Strong is still showing, it's definitely still showing. I mean, your heels, you have to lose. You're going to lose more than you're going to win typically as a heel, and that's just how it is unless you're the champ. But, I mean, I, I think that's what they had to do. They got to put Loom, um, Loomis over. They can't just have – they already have these established stars – so that's what they got to do. I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, Roderick Strong, I think, was like clearly. If, you, if you're like looking at this from like a technical and critical for this match from a technical and critical perspective, yeah, Roderick Strong was very clearly the better wrestler out of the two. But I still just don't like the way he was like booked throughout the match. I thought he, I, I did like the way he was booked because he kind of overcame that fear. I know it's like corny, but he overcame the fear. He faced um, Loomis, and then he went toe-to-toe with him and he started getting aggressive and he started attacking him um i liked all i liked the match a lot i liked them teasing him putting him back in the trunk um the spot with um uh, bobby fish coming back out though and he like took the strap to his chest i didn't like that because it looked like roger strong just pulled the rope off the yeah, strap it too looked like roger i did like the match that was a bad spot that was a bad spot I'm happy that they put Loomis over because I think Loomis looks very good and I think they have a high expectations for him down the line in NXT. I'm very worried what they're going to do with him in the main roster, but right now I, I really enjoy it. Um, I, mean, I like people are staying on the people are staying on NXT. The yeah, era is never going to leave. I'm pretty sure, which is fantastic news. Johnny Gargano is not going to leave. Yeah, we'll see what's going to happen. We're going to see what's going to happen with everybody. It's it's eventually mixes up. Time changes. We'll see. Um, but I did like the finish with the um, the strap with Loomis doing the submission hold, the silence or whatever. It looked cool with the strap. Yeah, I will give you that. It did look pretty cool. It took him like longer than I think it should have to like get it set up, but it yeah. still did look really, really cool because like Roger Strong was just kind of sitting there, and I was like, all right, well, I feel like he should be fighting this a lot more than he is. It looked like he put him in a straight jacket on almost. Yeah, I mean, it kind of did. You're right. Like, the end result, it definitely looked like he was in some sort of, like, straight jacket and, like, couldn't even, like, talk or anything. So. I have a question. Hmm. Is there is there some dysfunction in Undisputed Era? I saw Bobby Fish come out tonight to help out Roderick Strong. But there was someone notably, noticeably not there to help this buddy out. 
Don't even do this. Kyle O'Reilly's hurt. No, Bears no. Adam Don't Cole, sitting on Don't his butt, dare. sitting on his butt, drinking some um some what is he what is those sunrise drinks he, they say? Panama sunrise. sunrises, sitting on his butt, leaning back, while he's just watching his buddy battle his biggest fear, getting his ass kicked, and only Bobby Fish goes out to help. Huh? No, 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 no. Huh? Don't you dare even do this. Huh? 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 Makes you think. Adam Cole, bud. No, it does not. It does not make you Is Adam Cole bigger than the Undisputed Era? Is Adam Cole too big for his buddy, Roderick Strong? Adam Cole is not too big for the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole is the Undisputed Era along with his friends. All I'm saying is, if I'm Bobby Fish and Roddy Strong, I got some questions for Adam Cole next week. No, sir. I don't have a single question for Adam Cole. You do you, champ. I mean, we'll see. Dysfunction. Dysfunction for sure. I don't want to see them break up at all. I don't want to see that ever. But I just wanted to point that out. All right, let's circle back then. Rhea Ripley. Is next for Rhea Ripley. I don't know. I don't know because Rhea Ripley is so strong. And you know you're not going to put her with Io Shirai right now. It would be kind of cool if they just went powerhouse versus her and Raquel Gonzalez. Oh, that's very cool, actually. I like that idea a lot. That would be an awesome match. She would have to put Raquel Gonzalez over, though, I would think. I don't know, maybe. I, th- I mean, they, for Christ's sake, they just had Dakota Kai in the middle of a hot streak lose to Team Oh, Knox, that could so. be, it could be Dakota Kai versus Rhea. That wouldn't be terrible. But Dakota would have to go over. It's, it's just like the thing, I don't know. It's You don't want to make her eat any pinfalls. She's still she's, so she's young. She's not at the point yet where she needs to be putting other people over. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So I don't really know what she can be doing with her. She, like, needs more wins. So, I mean, let's stop talking about her like she needs to... I don't think she needs to be... I mean, those are good feuds, but... And those feuds, that she shouldn't be winning those. For yeah, I mean... I think Raquel Gonzalez would be a cool match. Plus, it's already kind of... They already kind of... In, in my mind, they've already... Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai have already lost a lot of their momentum, so it wouldn't really, like... That would gain a lot of momentum back. If anything, it would make Raquel Gonzalez look better because she'd go against... You know, that's fair. That's fair. There is some openings though. There's a a few people, a few noticeable notable women wrestlers on the Raw brand that are out currently. One's pregnant. One's getting surgery. Going to be out for a few months. Maybe we see her get bumped up. Uh, maybe it's a good point. I guess. I mean, they need some. They need some help over there on Raw. They can't have Sasha and Bailey wrestle in every match. Yeah, they do need some help. You're right about that. Can't have Natalia and Liv Morgan wrestle every week. Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley would be more a fun. They, keep doing oh it. Keep doing God. that. Just keep doing book, that. Just book it. Book it. Book it now. Shayna Baszler. Just get some mid card fuse over there. The EST back on television like yesterday. I mean, the, EST there's. EST is the best women's wrestler I've seen in ages. There's two. Vi- not including Charlotte Flair in that because Charlotte Flair is just a transcendental in its talent. But Bianca Belair, I need to see her. I need her. I need her like I need air to breathe at this point. All right. I got one more crazy one for you. Oh, boy. We talked about her last week. She was all the news last week. And the rumors, my little birds are telling me she's talking to WWE. First feud, Tessa versus Rhea. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That's your wild card for it. That's your wild card. off your Tessa high horse. 
worse. That's your that's your wild card right there, and that would be nuts. That would be something else. So just like start teasing it a little bit, like just put a diamond up on the screen whenever she like wins a match and walks off. It's like no, I would lose my mind. That would be insane. I'm not sure that I'd like it long term, but like just for the you know match or whatever, I'd, I'd love it. That'd be the ultimate like debut for a Tessa Blanchard, someone with that caliber, putting her against. One of your best workers in the workers there. Oh, it would be so phenomenal. And your powerhouse. She already looks like she's the she's like unbeatable. So I mean, yeah. She's been she's very protected. They are very protective over Rhea. They're not making her take really any losses. The only loss she took was against Charlotte at WrestleMania. Which I mean if you're gonna lose to somebody at somewhere, losing to Charlotte Flair in WrestleMania is probably the best possible way to I guess she did eat the pin from EO for the title, but still, that was still protected. No, that's still very protected in my eyes. Yeah, okay. That's all I have to say about Rhea. Um, Alright, so last match for NXT, EO Shirai, Sasha Banks. Phenomenal match. Uh, phenomenal match. Damn, we already you hit got the... one hand, Sasha Banks, who is one of the all-time greats. EO Shirai, who's done nothing but put on bangers for the past, you know, time insert amount of time here and they come out and have just a great match athletic as hell flying literally all over the ring both of them uh bailey obviously only can ever enhance a match that she's even remotely involved in her antics just make it that much better the her little antics to get uh the uh, bank statement that Io Shirai had on sasha banks broken by throwing the title and then uh, Asuka coming back in and returning the favor was just so cool. Asuka was a... I liked the finish a lot. I thought it was really, you know, it was a nice little, like, nod to their match at, uh, what is it, at Extreme Rules, I think, in the coming weeks. Yeah, um, yeah, they're facing each other at Extreme Rules, yes. Kinda, I, before this, I kind of would have almost said, like, oh, uh, there's no way that Sasha doesn't get the Raw Women's title and they, cause they, so they both have two titles. But at this point, like, I think it actually throws it into, uh, into you know, doubt a little bit in my eyes. Well, first off, I didn't expect to see Oscar at all. I was actually very surprised to see Oscar. Oh yeah, that was a huge surprise. I was very surprised to see Oscar. Love that. Um, and you were talking about it. I don't. You, the way that they've been booking Sasha and Bailey right now, they're hot. They're not losing any matches. They're on top of their game. They're pinning everyone. They just pinned. Who did they pin? They pinned someone big really recently on a match. They pinned Asuka. They pinned Asuka, and they pinned Asuka um, on Raw the other night. They pinned Asuka on Raw on Monday, and they mm-hmm. pinned the Iconics before that. They yeah, they've been picking up huge wins. They're picking up title wins all the time. Um, but yeah, yeah, and then they even took the titles. So yeah, it kind of feels like Sasha's on this hot streak. Did not think she was going to lose to Io tonight, just because of that hot streak she was on. I didn't either. I really did not believe that she was going to lose. I would have put money on Sasha to win tonight. But you were saying... You don't think Oscar was going to win going into this match? I expected Oscar to win, and it was going to be some jealousy involved because you know what the pay per view after? You know what the pay per view after Extreme Rules is? What's that? It's it's one of the big four. It is SummerSlam, Ooh. and we know who's going to be on top of that card. It's going to be Sasha versus Bailey, the long teased rivalry. It's going to happen, and there's no bigger time than SummerSlam. It was supposed to be in Boston. Don't think that's going to happen now in front of Sasha's crowd and our hometown fans. So maybe they are going to wait on it, but I don't think Sasha's going to get 
that championship. I don't think they're going to take it off Oscar this early. Has Os- yeah, Oscar beat Nia Jax? I was about to say, does Oscar even have a title defense yet? But yeah, she does. She has it on Nia. That's uh, yeah. I don't have like a whole lot to say about the EO versus Sasha match. It was just really good. Solid, it was. Like, it was fun. Very fun. Match that had a fun ending. Like I wish it was for the title. It would have just gave it so much more, um, more um, just stakes, and it would just taken. It would put your eyes right on that match. You would not have looked away to the other AEW match. Unfortunately, I, I, I agree with you. And also, I think part of the they, were, they had a couple really really good like false pinfalls as well mm-hmm. that. You that didn't end up becoming three counts. And I think if you, again, if you throw the title in there um, for this match for the title, then it becomes, like, insane that, you know, um, those, like, close pinfalls just, like, add that much more gravitas to the situation, if you will. They definitely had the chance to make this a title match. You remember two weeks when Eo came out to, like, save um, the NXT? It was Tegan and Shotzi when they were facing Bailey and... Yeah. They yeah. definitely could have built it up easily, but I don't know. They didn't do that, which is really strange. Don't know why they did that. But yeah. Yeah, I don't either, but oh well. Oh well. I, I kind of wish Dakota Kai versus EO was next week, but I want to see a build. Not Dakota, but Tegan. I kind of wish it was next week because I'm just. I think I just got spoiled tonight with all these great matches, and I just want to see more. Well, so that's a great segue, Mike. We got some good matches next week for Great American Bash Night 2. Uh, no longer the Great Canadian Bash. It's oh, the Great American Bash. Yeah, that's what they should have done. It should have been Great Canadian Bash tonight, and then it should have been Great American Bash next week. I mean, it would have been aggressive. They should have made it aggressively Canadian. Everyone had to wrestle in, like, a Canadian tuxedo, just, like, maple syrup everywhere. And everyone had to be really, really polite as well. This is brought to you by Molson and Labatt Blue. And then Beth Phoenix is just chugging them both. Beth Phoenix is, like, stone colding Labatt Blues the entire fucking did, show. Did Beth Phoenix even say anything about Canada Day? No, she didn't, which I'm kind of surprised about. I thought she'd be, like, you know, there with the whole, like, Canadian jacket on, like, a certain other commentator from AEW. Let's get into it. Let's get into that. Oh, you're cutting out a little bit. Uh, well, hang on. I, I want to talk to you. I want, I want to ask you one question. Okay. Between the street fight. What's up? Go ahead. You cut out, but we're back. We're good to go. Ask the question. All right. So next week for NXT Great American Bash Night 2, we have uh, matches that I am looking forward to. The street fight between me and Candice LeRae. Rizongo and Drake Maverick versus Santos Escobar and company, and the champion versus champion match, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole. Which of these three matches are you most excited for, and why is it the champion versus champion match? It's the, obviously the champion versus champion match. Both those other matches are re- are going to be really good. I'm excited. I think that's Santos Escobar's, in quotation marks, his first match on the card on the NXT. We've seen um, Phantasma. We haven't seen Santos Escobar wrestle yet. But so I'm excited for that, and I like Drake Maverick. Um, um, Breezango is, Breeze, um, Breezango and um, Tyler Breeze are only going to add to it. The Fashion Police. I was trying to think of their team name. Um, they're only going to add to it. All the matches are going to be good, but obviously the big one, it's Keith Lee, Adam Cole. It's title for title versus title. Winner takes them both home, and we saw a little hint of somebody. With the clock calling both those champions out with a promo. His name was Karrion Cross. How's Karrion Cross gonna get involved? I'm very surprised we didn't see Karrion Cross besides that promo tonight. I don't know why they didn't do that. Enough. I think we saw enough. I think the promo was more than enough, to be honest with you. I know, but to draw eyes to next week's programming, him just stepping foot somewhere in that ring. Bro, okay, look, all right, Mike, think about this. It's 
into the middle of the main event, champion versus champion, and all of a sudden just smoke just starts like bellowing into the ring in like the stage area from somewhere. And they're like looking so confused, like, what the hell is this? And all of a sudden the lights cut off and you just see the silhouette of Karrion Cross right in front of the like the Megatron on the stage. And he just like comes in, wrecks everybody, like leaves the titles there and just like leaves. I have a new theory. I have a new theory. So you know how they pushed Brian Cage and Moxley to the 15th? Yeah. So there's definitely time to continue this feud. They may have heard from inside that Car- they're like, oh, we don't need Karrion Cross next week. We're going to completely, we're going to, um, we're going to cuck their match next week or two weeks from now. We're going to bring Karrion Cross and we're going to end the show with Karrion Cross standing over both Adam Cole and Keith Lee. And if that's just going to be the teaser for the week after, for the week. I need, I need Karrion Cross as badly as I need Bianca Belair. I need both of them equally badly. I think Karrion Cross is the hottest thing in wrestling right now, easily. Yeah, you know what? I'll agree with that. Karrion Cross is the hottest thing in wrestling right now. 100%. There are some pretty hot topics and pretty hot wrestlers right now. Karrion Cross tops them all right now. Karrion Cross and Scarlett, obviously. I don't know who else would top that, really, with those pop factors. I mean, Jericho obviously is much washed, but... Chris Jericho, yeah, obviously is always just going to put out solid things. Hikaru Shida has been on a streak unlike anything I've ever seen right now. Um, but, I mean, just in terms of, like, every time I see him, hear him, see anything about him, I just, like... You know, I get that like those goosebumps, legitimate goosebumps. Never seen, never seen anything like this. He's being booked so well. He is, he is. Um, I'm excited what they're gonna do with him because he called, he had him in that promo. I'm gonna have to rewatch that promo. It was pretty sick, but he called them both out and he just said, "Your time's coming." They had the hourglass in the picture, so we'll see. I don't know what they're what they're gonna do there. I do have to apologize to WWE as well, specifically the NXT writers room. I, uh, I said some pretty harsh things last week after Karrion Cross struggled slightly with Bronson Reed. Uh, the magic is not gone. It's <laughs> not done. He is still very much in the driver's seat and very much the monster that you wanted him to be, so I apologize for that. We should have at least saw Scarlet tonight. I don't know. I'm disappointed. They, they should have ended the show for sure. That would have just been the biggest tease for next week. If they just no, like no, 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 no. I like the way they did it. I like that they gave Io Shirai and Sasha Banks the stage and let them do their thing. I like that they ended on that note. I don't know. I really, I just that's like the old Attitude Era thing. It's like that's the show. You just see them coming out and they just close it out. Dude, I, I mean, they already done that. They already had after you know Adam Cole. Uh, they did. They did one time. Then they had Scarlett just come out, hand him the clock. The they did. Class, sorry, and then just like walk away. That was the oh my gosh. Well, they haven't like, finished that. They haven't the finished it. Ominous thing I've seen in so long. Oh, that still is one of my favorite. I still pop. That's the hardest I've popped since you know they started going away from live tapings, or I'm sorry, the crowded tapings. They still haven't finished that though. I I don't know. It just it sucks that it's taking like four weeks for anything to happen with that. I haven't done anything about it. What are you talking about? They progressed it every week. Kind barely. the hell out of it, and then you see them literally later that night looking at the remains of it, like they're gonna, you know, like murder everyone that's ever fucking crossed their path. I don't know. I just think maybe just Bronson Reed being in the middle, it just makes it seem strange. 
I, I think you're just kind of getting distracted by Bronson Reed. Don't get distracted by the distraction. Bronson Reed, you destroyed this. You ruined everything, Bronson Reed. Great job. You did not. Great job, Bronson. Hold up, can I put my Hawaiian shirt on real quick? Okay, uh, I'm putting my Hawaiian shirt and my Canadian jacket on real quick. Yeah, so we had, uh, you know, some great, some great, absolutely great, uh, some wardrobe choices by the AEW commentary team. Uh, Tony Schiavone and J- Jim Ross, both rocking the casual Hawaiians. Can't say I love it any more than I do. Absolutely phenomenal. Kudos to you both. Excalibur, keeping it classy, keeping it professional. He went with the Hawaiian tie. Also love it. It's a solid choice. Fits him well. Um, Chris Jericho on commentary, a revelation. The Canadian jacket was phenomenal. Le Champion is in rare form these days. Cutting promos in the middle of matches, just talking about, oh, Cody, you know, he got handed the title by that snake, uh, Mike Tyson. If I see you again, I'm going to feed you your teeth. Don't ever come around here ever again, Mike Tyson. Are you surprised Mike Tyson didn't make appearance tonight when he brought, that, when he brought him up? He brought. I didn't expect him at the beginning, but when he brought him up, I said, "Oh, maybe Mike Tyson comes out. We might see him next week with Orange Cassidy. Doubt it, because he wasn't going to main event anyway. But we'll see." No. No. Ah, uh, yeah. Here it is, Mike Tyson. You piece of crap. If you show your face around here, I'll knock your teeth out. Hilarious. And that's just like in the middle of a random promo that he, uh, you know, is like talking about Cody, how he's not worthy for the title. In the middle, there just throws that in for good measure. Le Champion in rare form. I would love if Mike Tyson just knocked out um, Chris Jericho next week, and that's how Orange Cassidy got the win. That would be pretty funny. Like Orange Cassidy never actually gets any offense in. He just like Mike Tyson no. comes out and, like one punches Chris Jericho, and then Orange Cassidy with his hands still in his pocket just like delivers like two of those kicks, and then like just kind of puts his foot on on Chris Jericho. Aubrey <laughs> Edwards counts to three, and he just is like. Yay. That would be funny, but that's not how I want it to be. I want it like an actual fight, and then um, Tyson just wins it. Tyson just comes out and shocks the world. But um, what was I going to say? Anyway, oh, I was going to say this. I want you to save our, our favorite match for the end of this. So pin that for the main event. Pin that for the main event of our show. Okay. Other than that, okay. let's keep it in order, and I'm ready to go. All right. First off, we got MJF and Wardlow versus Jurassic Express. Mike, I could watch Luchasaurus and Wardlow wrestle literally any amount of time. Put them up there for a 50-minute Ironman match, I'm good. Put them up there for any sort of match stipulation of all time, anything that has ever happened or will happen. I, I, you know what? I would at least give it three stars, I'll tell you that right now. Probably more. Every time I see those two in the every time I see all of these guys in the ring, I am so blown away from MJF's personality, from Wardlow's strength, from Luchasaurus just being an absolute freak with power and size, and then Jungle Boy just flying around, and then Marco Stunt just being the star that he is. I'm just blown away every time I see these guys in the ring. And it it was so fun. That was an awesome way to start the show. Um, I want more. You're right. We need more Wardlow and more Luchasaurus just clashing all the time. That should just be a constant rivalry for all of AEW until the end of time. That needs to be like a staple AEW rivalry, just like the Rockstone Cold. Just, it's, you know, you think about AEW, you think of, you think of Luchasaurus and Wardlow. I don't think it should be, like, the uh, main event, but it should be, like, um, Star Wars, where they had, um, what's the dude with the green lightsaber and, like, the, pre- the prequels? Just versus Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon versus Darth Maul. That's who they got. That's their Darth Maul versus Qui-Gon. I loved how, I think my favorite, as 
as good as this match was, I think my favorite part was after MJF's promo in the beginning. Jericho was like, that was a great promo. Now someone tell the kid to take his moo-moo off. <laughs> I just love, oh man, I love all that. That jacket was funny. Someone said it looked like the Golden Girls, like um, old lady's jacket or something. Yeah. I saw that. Um, but yeah, MJF, dude, he's something. Dude, he's young. Jungle Boy's young. They have so many young talent over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're phenomenal. Dude, I was so... Jungle Boy didn't even have like much time to like do stuff because there's so many good wrestlers in that ring. But every time he flew around, I'm just like, damn, Jungle Boy is just... He every, just is so freakish. that match was really cool. I loved, I loved uh, Jericho going and speaking Spanish too every time oh, he yes. suicide dive. Yes, that was my favorite part of the match. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> he kept, I think he hit like three um, suicide dives at one point and Jericho was like... Uno, that's one suicide dive or something. And then, then he just hit all the Spanish again. Oh, man, that was great. Jericho on commentary is a treat. It's just a treat. As I said, a damn revelation. Fantastic. Want him on there literally every week. I just don't. Oh, man. It's going to suck when Jericho has to do his cruise and we have to take a few um, months off of Jericho. I know. Hopefully they get like an AEW match from his cruise. That's what I was kind of thinking. That'd be pretty cool. Oh, dude, Orange Cassidy just showing up on his cruise, just all casual, relaxed, and having fun would be something else. That would be really funny. Orange Cassidy, you just, like, randomly see, like, Orange Cassidy somewhere in the crowd, and everyone loses their fucking minds because Orange Cassidy somehow made his way out of the ship. He just has the coconut drink. He has the rum drink and the coconut with sipping his straw. He's, like, standing there, like, sipping it every now and then, like... <laughs> Not really like paying any attention to anything else that's going on. And then we have FTR just drinking their Coors Light, <laughs> challenging challenging old people to tag team matches. It's like two old geezers walking by playing shuffleboard. They're like, "Hey, hey, you two want a tag match? Like, we'll sh- we'll show you how it's done, old men." Like, what? No, get out of here. They're yelling at the shuffleboarders for not doing the tags shuffleboard correctly. Like, hey, you gotta wait your turn. You gotta hold the tag rope and tag in before you go with the <laughs> go on the shuffleboard table. They're playing, like, partner, like, foosball or whatever. They're like, hey, you both are using the same rope. You can't do that. He is spinning. You can't spin. Just, like, I need the, I need FTR, like, looking up, like, rule book semantics for every sort of, like, match t- stipulation, like, ever. And then you just put Adam Page on, um, just put Adam Page over there just chugging drinks. And that's, and that's the cruise. And that's the Jericho cruise. That's, that's the Jericho cruise. Uh, all right, moving on to... No, 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 we're, sa- we're saving that for the main event. Main event, main event. We're saving that for the main event? That's what I was saying. I said I want to put that at the end. Oh, I thought you were just saying we talk about our favorite matches in the main event. Whatever. I want to save that for the last one because I love okay. that one the best. All right, now we go to uh, blue, noted Blue Man Group supporter Jake Hager versus uh, noted paparazzi follower uh, Cody for the TNT title. Mike, uh, but... Say, um, I think part of the problem is that, um, to be honest with you, Jake Hager just continues to kind of disappoint. Honestly, um, I wasn't very impressed with him in this match. I think there's two problems. I just didn't think Hager shined in this match, and I think there's an oversaturation of Cody Rhodes just having great matches week in and week out with the TNT title. We just see the TNT title featured every week, and it kind of takes away from like this prominence. This is supposed to feel like a big match. 
a pay-per-view match. It just felt like a, the same match we've getting every week on AEW, AEW Dynamite right now, kind of. I kind of agree that I, I actually, I'll agree with you on that. The fact that Cody, week in and week out, is delivering, delivering just super solid, super great matches for that where he defends the TNT title is, number one, elevating the title, but number two, also kind of just like, you know, it does take away from like, oh, this is like, man, this might have been like a good match mm-hmm. independently, mm-hmm. but in terms of like the other stuff he's been doing, it's kind of like, you know, falls flat, I would almost say. There was no real build to the match. It was just like, oh, Hager's angry. Hager really wants this match, and we've presented Hager as a, he's a badass. He's Bellator. He's been successful in WWE. We know who he is. That's all we really were, pre- were presented. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to, like, say that, like, oh, he's having great matches week in and week out, and that just, like, takes away from this match. But it did. It really did. Like, we could have had a great feud, and we just didn't get that. And it probably – because what he did with Lance Archer – in that month leading into Double or Nothing, fantastic. I wanted to watch that match. It was must-watch television. I thought this match was going to be must-watch, but it felt flat to me. It was a good match. It just felt flat. I, and I think that's because of the feud, the um, feud building up to it, and then I just see Cody Rhodes every week defending the title in great matches, oversaturation. And, yeah, that's what I got to say about it. I, I agree. Um, I do have other I, things I, to say about Cody. I don't know if you want to talk anything else about it. I want to talk about this with Cody, though. Is it kind of weird that Cody's a face and he's getting all this help from out, all this outside help in matches, like all these interferences? Arn Anderson, um, Dustin Rhodes came in to save him at one point. Was that weird? Is he slowly turning heel, or is that just kind no, of his gimmick? No, I don't think he's turning heel. I think they kind of tried to mitigate that as best they could when Jake Hager's wife, I don't know what her name is. I don't either. Um, like slapped Cody in the face and then that kind of was like oh okay like all bets are off you're supposed to like think I think um but yeah I mean it is a little strange that you know he doesn't just like overcome the odds himself and you know he needs like Dustin Rhodes to come out and kind of help him you know I think he'd be better as a heel it makes sense with him being one of the owners of the company too I don't know I don't know I kind of like that I mean, I enjoy what he's doing. It would just kind of make more sense of for his character. If he was just kind of cockier, make, just make it. He shouldn't be playing at face at any at all. I think is the thing. I don't know. I don't think he needs to have a label of face or heel on him. To be honest with you, I think he's fine. Mm-hmm. I think if, as long as he just does, you know, what he does, and he's kind of just, you know, a good champion. I think that's enough. It doesn't feel like this feud's over either. The way that pinfall happened, it doesn't feel like this is over. Yeah. So we'll see. Right. Hopefully we get a hopefully we get a better um, Jake Hager next time out. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Um, Private Party versus Santana and Ortiz with Matt Hardy. I don't really have a whole lot to say about this match. This was kind of going on um, during the strap match, and I was kind of more of watching that. Um, this one didn't really even stand out every time I would turn it on, though. So I mean, do, do you have anything you really want to say about it? No, not really. Looking forward to the um, Private Party versus. Uh, Page and Omega next week, but other than that, no, not really. It was kind of like a filler match that ne- didn't necessarily have to be there. Yeah, I kind of agree. All right, main event of the night, the tag team title match. Uh, the be- in the best ninety seconds of wrestling time oh, yes. that's happened maybe since ever. Uh, we had Trent's mom 
dropping off the best friends, giving her son a nice big kiss uh, before the match. Fantastic television, good wholesome television. Walking straight by the role model Britt Baker, and then the ba- uh, Bailey's doggo over on NXT. Ninety seconds. I think his name is Ryu or something like that. I didn't that. hear I the name now. For yet. Trent waving to his mom as he's walking to the ring was hilarious. Everything about that was funny. I love that. I love best friends. They're so good at just everything. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised they didn't win. I actually thought they might have pulled that one out. but I, I'm kind of with you. They So we talk about you know a lot of near falls in the uh, NXT main event as well. They had a lot of near falls as well in this one that kind mm-hmm. of had me on the edge of like, oh shit, like they might have got that one. I think it was Trent. Trent. I think it was, yeah. I think it was Trent. And delivered just a killer Canadian destroyer to Chucky e. T. And it was. It just looked beautiful. It was just really cool. And one of those ones that made you go like, "Oh shit!" Like that was really cool. I like. I really enjoyed that suplex into the barricade spot. That was one of my favorite spots. Like the whole all the whole night for like each um, card. But yeah, it was a good match. It was an extremely good match. Pay per view. Um, pay per view worthy. Main event worthy. Just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was good. It was really good. Yeah, it, it, like I said, and that was kind of the problem I had all night, which, you know, not really a problem, more of a solution. But, you know, two, having both NXT uh, and AEW on at the same time, it was just hard to, like, focus on either one at any one time and get, like, a real good flow of the match. So I think they both, I honestly think they both deserve another view. Yeah. Another that I, yeah. straightforward view. I would like to see, yeah. It would have been nice if we just if you could just watch one for two hours. But we're too addicted to the wrestling thing. We gotta watch them. We gotta consume them all at the same time. We have to consume all wrestling media at the same time because just one is not enough for us. Mm-hmm. It was a great match. But let's get on. Let's talk about what I thought should have been the main event. What I thought was the best match of both cards: Penelope Ford versus Hikaru Shida. Let's talk it. Champion tells you, Aubrey, you got this. 
Kip Sabian coming back in the um, middle of the match is probably the least surprising thing of all time. But him missing the um, kendo stick swing, come on, Kip, do your job, do your job. Hit a batting cage once. Go to a driving range, figure that out. You cost Penelope the match. You were talking about the false finishes. When um they hit the Falcons arrow on Penelope and she hit that roll up out of it, I thought that was the match. That was so cool. I, I was she hit the Falcon arrow and I was like, oh man, that's it. And then Penelope did the like the counter roll. I was like, oh my god, that's so she's got it, she's got it, and then she kicked it. I was like, oh my god. And that then, happened so quickly, it was so awesome. And then the next spot she hit the stunner. I'm like, oh, this is it, this is it. Oh my god. The false finishes in that match were was great. The storytelling was phenomenal in that match. I want to go re rewatch that match because I feel like Feel like I was still like moving my eyes back and forth, and I didn't get to take in the full greatness of the match. Hikira Shida, she's having a hell of a run right now. Penelope Ford, you you nailed it on the head. She has come a long way. She is a star. She has the look. Her wrestling just is looking better and better. And they put on a hell of a match. I was so entertained, and that was my match of the night. I want to see them go again. I I want to see Hikira Shida in every match of all for the rest of the history right now. But yeah, it was awesome. It was just phenomenal. I need an oversaturation of Hikaru Shida versus uh, Penelope Ford and also an oversaturation of Luchasaurus and Wardlow. That's what I need. Hikaru Shida. On both of my screens simultaneously, like to wherever I can just come in and be like, what do I want to watch right now? Just kind of sit down in my chair and be like, all right, yeah, this works. Just watch both of those for like an hour and then just like get up, go somewhere else, come back. I come back, they're still both on. That's what I need. I need an OnlyFans account of just a Hikira Shida versus Brian Cage versus Wardlow versus Luchasaurus versus Marco Stunt match versus Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. That's what I need. I need that match. What is that, like a Fatal 7-way? Yeah, that was a 7. That was a um, sadistic 7-way. A sadistic 7-way. You got it, Mike. All right. All right. What else you got? You got nothing else? Do you wanna, is there anything else you want to bring up? I don't know no, if there's anything else we have. The eight man. PR versus Butcher Blade and uh, Lucha Bros should always always is going to be should be good. Lots of flips, lots of fists. You know. They added some other matches. I can't remember because they had to deal with the Brian Cage and Moxley situation. They did did add other matches. I just can't remember off the top of my head. I know they said that um, Nyla Rose is going to compete. I don't remember what else they have planned. That's true. I forgot about that. I'm excited for. I'm excited to see her again. I don't know what else they have planned. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be another awesome week next week. I don't dude, just how amazing this one was. It's just going to be more fun next week. Really disappointed we're not going to see Brian Cage and Mox. But I've been looking forward to Jericho and um, Orange Cassidy for a long time. That's that's enough for me. That's enough for me. And then Great American Bash is just going to steal the show with Keith Lee and Adam Cole. We got some wrestling. We got some more wrestling. It's going to be awesome. We're going we're gonna to do the exact same thing and have the exact same complaints next week. When we have one eye glued to each screen, can't tear away because we have just insane matches going on at the same time. Did you want to do the one thing? You said you wanted to pick our favorite match from each show. Well, yeah, so I think we already kind of both agreed and, you know, alluded to Penelope Ford and Hikaru Shida was our favorite match from Dynamo from uh, Fighter Fest. Mm-hmm. I would say Timothy Thatcher and Odie Lorcan was probably my favorite from NXT. 
Yeah, my favorite was probably... I just really liked the Rhea Ripley and Robert Stone handicap match. I thought it was just real fun. And just Rhea Ripley looking like a beast was always, always awesome. Robert Stone always cracks me up. I love the strap match. I thought that was just a special match. I, they were all really good matches. And I also liked the Fatal 4-Way a lot. But I would say Rhea... No, no. I'm going to say the strap match was probably my favorite on NXT. Nice. Damn, that street fight next week is going to be badass. I'm just looking at the card now. Oh, man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm excited as well. What? All right, guys, be sure to like, subscribe, podcast, share it with your friends, at Tables TLP, basically wherever podcasts are consumed, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, I think even. I mean, yeah, we're on YouTube. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. We post basically everything on there. Mike is one of the best live tweeters in the game. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say it. Mike is the undefeated, undisputed king of live tweeting during during matches i do my best go ahead get, get mosey on over and uh enjoy Talk follow out. follow at tables tlp and as the great turn tony korsheiser says have a good night canada happy canada day top guys out